You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 114. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show is my co-host, Jelena Levin. See ya! Всем привет! What happened to pronunciation of my name? <laughs> sorry, sorry. It might, anyway. it might be too late. Okay. Or I had too much wine. I don't know. That's okay. Um, no, it's, it's Because good. Because I'm celebrating Every, today. Everything is good. What are we celebrating? Definitely not the fact that Pontus is not with us because I'm 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 very oh, no, sad no. about We're that. We're very sad about that. And yes, he's for currently sure. he's currently in bed. He's ill right now. And the latest information we had was that he lost his voice and he would not be able to record to that tonight. Yeah. So that's very sad. But we 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 persist. We continue on without him, sadly. And we've got a good. It's always like that, right? Yeah. We always we always go on without one. The show must go on. Yeah, the show must one, go on, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I'd like to apologize to our listeners for the for the last couple of episodes that came out very, very late. And that's all because of me. That's all my fault. Um, you probably know that usually I am the one editing the show. And because of my recent activities as um, aspiring politician in Hungary... I have been pretty busy and I was just, whenever I got home late at night after campaigning like crazy, I started doing the editing and then I just fell asleep <laughs> in the middle of it. So Gosh, that, I can totally and, imagine that happening. Yeah, and when that uh, keeps happening every night, one after the other, um, that's when you realize, oh my God, that is too much work and too much burden. But uh, I will not cease to to do this because that's probably the most important thing I've ever done. And I'm not going to give up on that. So I do hope that our listeners understand if it comes out a bit late. Uh, but I try, I'll try my best not to not to be late with uh, with the episode. And speaking of politics, I have an announcement to make. Yay! Because I just reached, you know, um, for you to get your name on the ballot uh, on election day, you have to have the support of at least 500 people um, to register. And I've just passed that. That's great. Great yeah. news. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's been quite a lot of work that it required, but um, it's an amazing team that we're working. So this party is full of young people who are very enthusiastic about making a change. And we're definitely not going to be the one replacing the government, the current government. But uh, we are working very hard to bring um, some kind of um, hope to uh, the electorate of Hungary. Amazing. Yeah. Well, so, there we go. Yeah. 
that's that's all about politics. It's all happening. You're living a dream, living a dream. Well, not necessarily. My dream would be something else, but uh, someone <laughs> has to do this too. Yeah. And uh, since I'm the one uh, being uh, too busy and an eager beaver when it comes to political debates and um, explaining stuff to people, um, you know, I'm 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 the talker. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. That we do know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So how have you been? Good. Everything is good. I, I don't know, really. There's not much really going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Quiet, quiet period, I guess. Um, freezing cold and all that. Yeah, I so I've heard. My sisters report that the UK is covered in snow. It is. And what actually, I saw the headlines today that one old lady died no. because of cold. But to be fair, it was minus six. And I just think... It's quite unusual for the UK. Very strange. Yeah. Anyways, oh my God. Um, stay warm, everybody. Get your flu jabs in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Talking of which. <laughs> yeah. Good today's segue. yeah it is congratulations. Um, so today's interview will be with uh, someone who does a lot to educate people into vaccinating their kids. And that is Ovidio Kovacu from Romania. He's been on the show before, but uh, we decided to invite him back because there's a lot to talk about these days uh, when it comes to vaccination and the anti-vaccination movement and the result of that, which is the terrible emergence of a lot of different vaccine-preventable diseases. Yeah, and we talk about it on our show all the time. In fact, last uh, week on an episode, the I've covered yet another article on the BBC News yeah. um, uh, to do with the measles epidemics that is now sp- spreading and reached UK because UK was staying out of it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so it's getting worse. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> therefore... It is not a laughing matter. It's not. Um, it's, it's more like a crying matter, really. But, yeah, um, it is. Um, and that's why we, we decided to have uh, Ovidu on our show to talk about what he's doing in uh, in his country to kind of tr- try to stop it or, or somehow curb the spread mm-hmm. of this movement. Yeah. All right. So um, shall we actually crack on with that? Yeah, let's do this without further ado. Nice. On every other episode, we usually interview someone who's interesting from a sceptical point of view, either by representing an organisation of a certain European country or a project stretching across borders. Today, we have Ovidio Kovacu, who's here with us for the second time. He's a sceptical blogger and president of the Romanian Rationalist Society and host of the long-running podcast Skeptics in Romania. Uh, He also manages the Romanian Facebook group Vaccines and Vaccination, Clarification and Support for Parents. Ovidio, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. Uh, Good to be here. It's great to have you again. You know, it's unbelievable how long ago it was, because I I believe you were among the first interviewees of of this podcast. Yeah, it was very, very uh, fresh podcast, as I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fresh and exciting. (laughs) It's been two years now. Yeah, now it's just exciting. But a lot has happened since. Um, We were together at the European Skeptics Congress in Rotsov, where you gave a very interesting talk. I can tell you the title of that, if you want. Oh, yeah, please do. The title of my talk was How the Romanian Anti-Vaccine Movement Threatens Europe. Mm. And how does it? Well, 
to get right to the point, we'll have, I'm guessing, but uh, we'll have about 11,000 cases of measles in total since 2016. Tomorrow, they'll be announced. Uh, we have uh, 10,913 at this point, but um, the data gets updated weekly on, on Friday. So, um, the epidemic has been still going on in Romania. Uh, since we talked, what happened was um, the Ministry of Health actually put up put up a law for vaccination, which initially was just in the discussion phases in our last interview. So it was up for public debate. It went into public debate. It went to the parliament. It was voted by the Senate with a 90 from 91 total uh, were, were for it. Uh, and then it got stuck in the Chamber of Deputies since, I believe, um, November. Because uh, after they saw the vote in the Senate, the anti-vaxxers actually uh, got together and coordinated, which was something I did not expect them to do well. But they did. Um, and uh, started pressing the deputies to reject some parts of the law or change it or not make it as, as um, let's say, stringent as it was and um, they have succeeded in convincing one of the deputies to be the go-to person to go to her colleagues and convince them to be on a list that says the law should not be as stringent as it is so now it's a bit stuck uh, there have been some amendments put up and um, the amendments are to be debated basically in the meantime, we've changed also the health minister. <laughs> Romania has changed governments <laughs> for three times in the last uh, year. <laughs> so there's only been one change of the health minister. And the new health minister, you know, needs to get up to speed and needs to be uh, basically aware of what the law is asking and what uh, what she should require from the parliament. But still, the parliament will have the final decision. And the law is well made, is well constructed. If, if in the final form, uh, it still contains restrictions and, and penalties for parents that refuse vaccination or refuse to go to uh, information sessions with uh, doctors, then that is fine. That is good. One of the stringent points was the fact that you can only get a kid into school uh, if you have either... Uh, the full vaccination record, the the fact that you can he doesn't he cannot be vaccinated. You have an exemption, a total exemption, or you have a recovery schedule. This means you have been to the information sessions, you've talked to the doctors, you've explained why you didn't vaccinate before, and they have convinced you to agree to a recovery schedule. And that means they have uh, and you have agreed to, to do that recovery schedule. And if you go to, to the school with the recovery schedule, they will let the kid in the school and then you just have to recover it. So that's the main piece of what is happening on the parent side. The other things that the law will fix are um, supply and demand, basically. We'll have uh, proper legislation for back orders and stock, uh, and there'll be a, a very good control of the cold chain, which now actually is not well legislated somehow. I didn't know that before we started into this. And, um, of course, all the doctors that vaccinate any child in the country, including pediatricians or doctors in the private system, will have to rec record that vaccination to the national 
vaccination registry. And that is important because it allows, you know, a quality image of all the vaccines that are actually happening in the country. Because what happened now is people in the urban areas would go to their pediatrician, which would suggest to them to buy vaccines from the market. And then he would do the vaccines, but there would be no registry of that beyond the kid's uh, health record. And there would be no, it wouldn't be recorded in the national registry. So kids would basically show up um, not vaccinated. So that's, that is being fixed. And once that is done, once the law gets into place, um, it should be it should be a lot better. And in a few years, we'll hopefully we'll we'll see some uh, coverage coming back. Just one thing that really struck me about this. Wasn't it compulsory before this new legislation? So why would people go and vaccinate their kids um, if, if it was not compulsory? Well, basically, the law is very uh, weird in that it's worded in a way that allows for parents to um, to get around it. So it's a compulsory thing for doctors to give you a vaccine if you ask for it. So the doctor is obligated to give you a vaccine if you go to him and say, I want to do this vaccine for my kid. However, for the parent, there is no actual deterrent if they decide to not vaccinate. So I can go to the doctor and say, I don't want to vaccinate. He can say, listen, I need you to write on this form that you don't want to vaccinate so I can show this to my superiors and I can do that. But they have no tool to come after me and say, listen, we know you didn't vaccinate. Could you come over and discuss more? Can you come over and um, explain why you're doing this? Why don't you believe it's okay? So that does not exist. There's no nothing around that. To understand the context, basically Romania had, um, until my generation and everyone, parents of my generation, were vaccinated basically by default. Uh, that's basically uh, something that happened because of the communist regime and you know everyone did did what what those guys said basically no questions were asked when internet came in freedom came <laughs> freedom freedom came yes people started asking questions but you know around this time around people my age 25 to 35 were that are having kids they started asking you know wondering about each little thing and uh uh, as I mentioned in the presentation, which can be found on YouTube, we had a local institute that created vaccines. And because of the communist propaganda, basically, and an actual, you know, scientists that did good products, you know, you said, OK, we Romanians have good vaccines. So we would, it would be a point of national pride to say that you have good vaccines in the country because they're done locally. Now, to be fair, they were not very modern. They were 80, 80s technology, so they had um, some issues. And they, because of the revolution and the transition and all that in the economy, nobody invested in the uh, local vaccine manufacturers. So, of course, they lost. Um, oh, once, they, once the EU came in, they had new standards for vaccines, which the Institute could not ever reach. With their with their meager state of investment in, in the in the products, so they had to shut that down. And once that happened, uh, basically people started saying, "I will vaccinate when when Romanian Romania starts doing its own vaccines." 
which is you know it's it's a it's a it's a childish idea yeah you can only be vaccinated with the vaccine made in your own country there's no need for that there's nothing special about vaccines to be based on national borders basically yeah it's just playing along with uh with the nationalist movements right yeah it's... that's exactly what i was thinking another <laughs> way to spin a day <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, there is still something that is not completely clear to me. You mentioned the past when um, the, the communist regime didn't give you the opportunity to choose whether you vaccinate or not. But does it mean that after the political changes in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, did they actually get rid of some of the, the, the legislation that took care of the vaccinations? and wanted to open this up as well as a kind of a democratic change or there was no legislation in place it was just a the, just a thing that people did by tradition that they got vaccinated basically i think it's something else it's a matter of investment in in prevention so for all its other faults from what i understand of the communist structure if you didn't go to the vaccine vaccine clinic somebody would actually come to your house and ask you What are you doing? What are you thinking here? Uh, what do you mean you're not vaccinating? Let's let's go back, talk to the doctor. Here's your um, nurse, community nurse, coming to talk to you and tell you more, give you more information and convince you that it's okay. We don't have that anymore. Romania has had a lot of um, doctors leaving and we still have that. I think the number, the last number was 150,000 doctors have left since I mean, it's not from the 90s, it's from the 2000s. Wow. So a lot of doctors are, uh, have, have left Romania. Is it, uh, is it because, of, sorry, sorry, is it because of, the, yeah. the, of Romania uh, joining the EU in 2004? Um, 2007, but... Uh, so, sorry, 2007, so 2004 for, yeah. was for us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was part of that that was mostly it. It was a lot easier to move out and Romania still has a very let's not say dysfunctional but not well functioning health system. Uh, so it's easier for doctors to go out and and find jobs in other countries than it is for them to stay and you know sacrifice their comfort and their children and their you know potential to make things better when they're not getting better soon, fast enough. Mm. So a lot of these doctors left. We, uh, there's a lot of um, places in Romania that do not have access to, to family doctors. Uh, they're not reached by, by doctors. And those are the places, yes, where the epidemic, um, there, were, there are also epidemic breakouts. And, and it's probably a majority of the cases where where. It's not only anti-vaxxers, to be to be fair. So it's it's also the fact that not a lot not enough people are reached by the medical services. So that is the main the main issue. Before you had a lot, you know, people couldn't leave very easily from the country. So you had a lot of people uh, fixing the fact that someone had hesitation about a vaccination. They would go. They would tell them, "Listen, these are good vaccines. They're made here in Romania, <laughs> and they have not provide. You know, they don't give." any side effects or very few side effects and you can trust us and you can and they would come to you and, and convince you now this doesn't happen if you say no 
the family doctor has 20 minutes for you, maybe has another hour if he's very nice, but he can't give you all the time in the world to just to get your kid vaccinated. While there are those who will tell you not to vaccinate your kids and they have all the time in the world. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and that is, I mean, that is a tragedy and that's what the group is trying to fix is, you know, go where the parents are and mm. have them, give them information, give them the right data and, and try to, to help them out and, you know, convince them to go to the doctor and say yeah. with confidence I want to vaccinate. Ovid, did you see the shift change in the past however many months you've been doing this? Because obviously we uh, from our perspective and um, um, I recently actually reported on uh, some of the cases in England that now spreading. It's just getting worse across Europe. We've had our peak. We've mm. had our peak in 2017, I think it was in the summer of 2017. Yeah. Um, since then, it's just been, you know, about, let's say, 50 to 100 cases a week, which is actually, a, you know, a low number, <laughs> considering. Um, so that's how it's been keeping on. But it's not, it's not the peak of the epidemic when we had, uh, I think it was, we had two deaths in a week and maybe 200 cases at one point 200 new cases in a week so we've we've basically exhausted the pool of um the, the kids that can get the disease basically uh the, the young ones who have, cannot be vaccinated people are aware and they keep them keep them safe and the ones that have not been vaccinated on purpose have had a disease disease by now so i'm hoping it'll just end by itself but um it'll certainly help if we have the law in place as well and and a, a structure to to fix that yeah because in the long so in the long term we really need to have that immunity don't we? we you know it's fine that people who had this you know measles will probably get immunity but um in the long term that's not going to sustain You know, I actually made a comparison of the countries that have mandatory vaccination. I know Hungary is included in that one. Yes. Uh, and the countries that, that don't. And there's a significant difference on all vaccine coverage between the countries. There is, in some cases, it's a 5% difference. Please tell me, is it to the good? Because Pontus was... It's, it's better to have a stricter policy, basically. Excellent, It's... excellent. Where the hell is Pontus when you need him? Because he has been uh, trying to tell us for months. T t tell me, Andres, it was right, true. Please, it's, it's not very appropriate what you're doing right now, because Pontus is not here with us, because he is ill. He is right now. He's fallen <laughs> ill and he's in bed and he has lost his voice. It's not flu, is it? <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not flu that was supposed to be prevented by vaccinations. And I'm pretty uh, sure it's not man flu either. But um, uh, I'm, I'm on, your, on this side as well. The data is easy to get. The data is public. So you can get data from WHO, get their coverage rates for several years. And, you know, check with the ECDC which countries have mandatory vaccination policies, cross-reference those things. And if you go back 10 years, you'll see that countries who have, who, that have stricter vaccination policy mm. also have higher coverage. It's basically, there is no case where that does not happen. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty good. That's I want to say that Latvia also falls into this category and... Um, We, I haven't heard anything that um, was as worrying in terms of numbers of, of the measles outbreak cases 
from, from uh, that it, side. It, it could be the very reason that Ovidio pointed out earlier about this being the remnant of the communist era. Yeah, well, and I have tried to kind of push that side of things some time ago but anyway (laughs) (laughs) one good thing that we have left with it's one thing to have the legislation in place but the other thing is how you reach people yes that is also essential so does the government also plan to run some kind of um, project like a awareness raising campaign an educational kind of campaign or yes uh, they have been mentioned the problem with that is that there are very few people that know how to communicate on vaccination. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've learned by experience, but I'm not going to you know, tout my horn here. There are few people that know how to do a proper campaign in health, uh, so it's, it's hard to get them to do this. However, the problem has been that there has been very little communication beyond go get vaccinated from the ministry. Uh, there's some PSAs now on TV. Um, and, you know, maybe if you are lucky, you'll meet a doctor in some um, public-facing event who will tell you to vaccinate. I'm not entirely sure what the ministry will try to do now with the new minister in place. Uh, hopefully, there will be an actual campaign uh, beyond the PSAs. But, uh, you know, that, for that one, I'll need to wait. For, uh, in 2016, we had a, a new website and there'll be, there was a, a very strong uh, visual campaign. It was a video and that went very well. Um, but it ended when the, the minister at the time changed. <laughs> so now it's not being touched because, you know, whatever previous administration did is, you know, untouchable the website still exists it should be updated it should be used it should be promoted it's 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 not at this point and um the other part about communication and reaching people is is part of the law so it's exactly this piece of of if you if you are do not want to vaccinate you are required by law which is a good thing to say uh to come to a committee uh, which is formed by psychologists and doctors from various special specialties, uh, and they will explain and try to clarify your questions. And technically, that'll be the most efficient avenue to take. Uh, I understand, you know, science on convincing people of things says that you have to replace their bad ideas with good ideas and insist on it, give them information. And, and cement the, the the good information so that they replace the bad information convincingly. And I hope that is what will happen in terms of the process. And it'll take some time, uh, but that's the the right way to do it, I believe. Yeah, but still, you have to be able to 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 communicate the needs for it. Otherwise, it's just gonna. And this this is the moment where I'm gonna push uh, Pontus's aspect on on these things uh, that he usually mentions that when you make something compulsory when you don't give people the choice that's when they start to cry dictatorship and that's when they start to cry that that they would Nazis. be stripped yeah they would be stripped of their their very rights to to make a decision but they just have to understand that science this is all science and science is not democratic so it's it it's it doesn't work that way but i do i do talk talk very often to uh young mothers 
um, some of them do understand the need for vaccination. What they don't understand is is why it's pushed that hard so that they have a feeling that they are being oppressed by the health system instead of being educated into making a, a good decision. Yeah, that may be something that happens in, in countries that have a, a bit stricter laws because the doctor will be tempted to say, listen, this is the law. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do it, I'm just going to send people over to your house and yeah. and they will convince you. So that may be a risk. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the risks that, that is known um, by, the, by the people making this law. But, you know, at, at this point, when we have 39 deaths from, from measles, uh, there's not a lot of room to negotiate on the feelings of mothers, to be fair. Yeah, that's a pretty good argument, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the law itself and the, the way it's constructed says it's created and it has its as its main point the um, what is called in, in legislation, it's called the superior interest of the child. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you as a parent may have some um, rights over the child. You can decide some a lot of things about him, education, religion, um, how to dress him, how to which school he goes to. And these do not, you know, significantly affect him in a negative way. However, if you decide to not do certain health checks and ignore health risks and uh, not treat some some uh, diseases if he, if he has them, that is not you being a free parent, a free parent that chooses whatever he wants for the child, because you do not actually have that right to choose whatever you want for the child. The obligation of the parent is to choose in the interest of the child. And if you're if you are going against his actual interest when you're refusing him medical attention or, or prevention of these diseases, then you're going against his interest. Mm-hmm. In which case, the, the state actually has the obligation to come in and say, listen, you're not doing your parenting job properly. I understand you're afraid, but you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's pretty good that you mentioned that because... Um... We experience that quite often when we talk about EU or um, country-level policies, that you have to do stuff and you have to do your legislation or work for the benefit of the people based on science and based on what's going to work for them and not what's, what they believe would work for them. If you know, if you know what what I'm trying to get to, yeah. So yeah, I understand. Uh, and and that's an, a mistake that many many politicians make. Instead of uh, so, because they represent the people, they represent their electorate. They think that they should do what those people want, but it's not necessarily in their best interest. <laughs> but I think politicians very often go with uh, the popular opinion and whatever will get them elected next time and provide support. So, so that was result- one of the things that I was I was frustrated with, with in the in the campaign because the anti-vaxxers got together and started writing to to par- uh, parliamentaries to deputies and these guys started getting freaked out and these this the guys who got freaked out were in the leading uh, majority party basically and. They started coming in and saying, oh, let's listen to these guys. Let's see what they're saying. Let's change the law so that they don't get so upset with us. And uh, the the health committees, which have final decision, 
are thankfully a bit saner, (laughs) (laughs) but they're all still politicians. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's this, this, um, this thing. And, and once I said to my group, uh, you know, guys, we're losing this. If, if you're not actually going to send a mail, uh, I said, send these emails, tell parliamentaries to actually vote, uh, for the law as it came in Mm -hmm. from the Senate, which was a stricter version and try that one. And we got responses though, not many from, because people don't respond to the, you know, crazy people sending email, I mean, it's fine. You don't expect responses, but some people responded and said, you know what, I thought it's all anti-vaxxers in this country. Good thing you're actually actually sending an email. Yeah, otherwise they, they have the illusion that that most of the people, because they are louder than than the, the supporters of vaccination. Yeah, exactly, the loudness. Yeah. They, I mean, maybe they had a hundred emails, right? Cause... But, but tell me, where was the other side with their evidence of dying babies from measles? I mean, they're being freaked out by the um, anti-vaccination mob, but the... Um unquestioned you know fact that that the kids die because they're not being vaccinated what about that do you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean but that was that was basically me and the the people in the group and we did email yeah uh, and we got the answer but i didn't i mean in the group i'm trying not to be the personal army sort of thing go do that go do that yeah you know but i i just at that point i had to because uh, it was it was <laughs> sensitive. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, people responded, and I'm thankful they did. And uh, it it got a bit um, you know more balanced. They understood that actually, you know, most people don't care. I mean, even parents that have vaccinated, they don't care about a vaccinate vaccination itself anymore. Mm. Why do you need to care? I mean, you vaccinated your kid. He's fine. You know, maybe everyone around you is vaccinated. So why do you need to? Yeah. debate vaccination at any point in time it's it's a non it's a non-starter for most people but, but you know when when you're in my group and you see the fact that you know kids are dying and there's all this repeating information and questions about should i do a vaccine should i do that should i do that you see that there's a an issue in in society and there's a fear which means you know, even if your kid was vaccinated, you might at one point know someone who does not vaccinate and, and you will be affected. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we had exactly the same kind of response when we went uh, to to Ratio conference in Sofia uh, with Pontus a few months ago. And we talked about vaccination problem in Europe. And, pe- and somebody in the audience said exactly that. You know, why do we have to care? Everybody I know vaccinates, and the reason and the answer was because kids are dying as we speak. You might not know about it, but actually, a lot of kids do uh, live under risk uh, of 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 death from completely preventable disease. And uh, it was an interesting yeah, that's an interesting point. And I'll tell you another another way to respond to it is vaccination is actually the starting point of evidence-based medicine because when Jenner did the first vaccination he didn't know why it worked he just knew that it worked but it was there was evidence that it worked uh, and then after Jenner John Snow came in the, epide- the father of epidemiology who identified the um, cholera outbreak in London and isolated it to a water pump removed the water pump stopped the epidemic um, that's the the history at least and then Pasteur came in and, and Robert Koch and all the guys who started microbiology and proved the germ theory of disease. 
for, after which we discovered antibiotics. And we have grown the, the life expectancy since 1800s, I don't know, by 30 or 40 years. So vaccines are the essence of human discovery, basically. They are the thing that enable us to, I mean, have enabled us to have industrial revolution, if you want. You can't have that if people are dying from, from smallpox. There's not enough people to do industrial revolution with. <laughs> and if you are, there's not enough people to do uh, technology and, and go to space if they're all dying from tuberculosis and syphilis and all the other things that have n are now treatable with antibiotics and, and vaccines and all that. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to use it from now on. <laughs> you do that. It's fine. It's free to use. It, it's, it's, uh, I like the, the way it's So it's creative, creative Commons license? Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we discussed that it's not enough to have legislation in place. You have to educate people. So you felt the urge to do something about it, and you did. And uh, that's what you talked about, um, among many other things. You mentioned that you started a Facebook group. So what do you do with the Facebook group? How many people are following? What are the achievements that you have made yeah. since you started? Sure. So it's the group has reached 60,000 people. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, uh, Congratulations. I mean, thank you. Yeah, it just got them recently, and we do, uh, we do a raffle at any, at any 10,000 point. We do a raffle, and we give people prizes. Nice. <laughs> so that is just, just a thing to do. I, gotta, I, ha I have find some sponsors to give me free stuff, and, and then I send them out to the people. Boo, boo, Big Pharma, boo. <laughs> not, not those kind of sponsors, man. I get toys. Okay, I mean, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, and, and decorations. So um, we have 60,000 people. We have a lot of activity in the group. It's like 50 to 60 questions every day. Uh, we try to keep people informed on, on the, the flu uh, season and the measles epidemic and give information over there. And it's, it's basically the day-to-day the -day is simply answering parents the simplest questions. Uh, you know, should I, I've heard about this vaccine. Should I... Should I vaccinate? And then we just tell them, yes, it's a safe vaccine. Here's other parents that have done that, and they can tell you their experience with it. Uh, or they can ask a question about the MMR, and we tell them it's a safe vaccine. There's no proof that it has any connection to any neurological issues. And uh, we, we push that, and we say it again and again. It's a matter of being very, very patient, uh, but it is helpful and and parents uh, that find information with us also uh, get their friends in and that grows the group and actually recently i did a poll and i asked the people in the group since you've been here have you taken the decision to vaccinate because of the information in the group Good. and the, I, i made a poll and i asked what specific vaccine did you decide to, to use because of the information you found here And in all cases, uh, I mean, the biggest answer was I would have vaccinated anyway, but that means they just would have followed the standard recommendation. And a lot of the answers were around, I would have done the vaccines, the standard vaccines anyway, but I've heard about pneumococcal, um, the chickenpox, meningococcal, 
uh, and all the um, all the other ones that are rotavirus is the the next big one. Uh, and for those, we've had thousands of people saying that they've done the vaccines because of us, uh, which is you know it, it's it's an important thing. <laughs> Uh, to 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 say, um, they've done the they've done a vaccine. They've protected their child because of information they found on the internet, and it was not wrong information. Mm-hmm. It was correct, validated, medically and scientifically accurate information. Do you work with a, a group of uh, experts? Yes, we have uh, as partners in the group. Uh, we have the National Society of um, Family Medicine, and there's a group there called the Vaccinology Group. And there's like 11 to 12 people in the group who we tag when there's a very complicated question that we don't know how to answer. <laughs> we ask them to, to reply. Mm-hmm. And of course, it, 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 that was done, I mean, initially when we were starting out, we asked them a lot of questions. <laughs> A lot of the time, and now we know the answer, so we just uh, ask for it. Yeah, the routine, yeah, <laughs> the routine kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, do you manage it by yourself, or is there a small no. team that management does that? There's a, there's a small team. I have um, eight admins. Three of them are doctors. One is a pharmacist, and the other two are just parents who have actually understood why uh, why vaccines are important. Uh, one of the parents had a healthcare uh, early in the life of the child and and uh, um, she couldn't get vaccines basically by by uh, medical requirement and uh, understood that it's important others simply you know understood the need and saw the group and understood that they can get involved and started answering so I got him in the admin team are there many very ferocious arguments going on no, because, you know, it's very difficult to, um, I'm trying to avoid uh, anti-vax arguments in the group, at least starting debates, because if if the guy who's putting the first post is, you know, saying a specific thing that is an anti-vax talking point, that it doesn't mean that it's just, I, I see it and we discuss it and I tell him in a thousand comments that he's wrong. It means that my... 20,000 people who are always active, though I don't, they don't interact with the group, they don't uh, necessarily comment, will see only his words or her words. Yeah, right. And I don't want them to go away from the feed, remaining with that in their mind. Mm -hmm. So we don't allow anti-vax propaganda links as an initial post. And we try to make sure that every word, um, every post that is worded in a very controversial way is treated uh, first privately if it's, you know, sketchy uh, or, you know, if, if, if it's okay and we can debate it, it's fine. I mean, I'm not censoring everyone. <laughs> That'll be quite impossible, but uh, it doesn't happen often. And to be fair, the group of anti-vaxxers that I, I deal with on a daily basis are uh well beyond the uh, realms of rationality of course yeah. so uh it's it's hard to actually engage them in debate on with an on an honest basis and actually expect them to to make reasonable arguments because actually they they don't have them yeah. so uh, i'm trying to keep the group and uh, the parents in the group 
on to understand that you know there's a con there's a controversy maybe but you can find information here that is correct i'm not going to show you all the information that people generate about vaccines without any filter i will filter it okay i there's no that that is a uh, clear information given out uh, when they join the group it's quite honest this is the best way to do it i think wow it's quite impressive. Congratulations. That's that's a huge thing that you're doing there. Yeah, the group is actually the biggest group on the subject on in, on Facebook, not in Romania, on Facebook. Mm. There's the, the other uh, group on the subject of vaccines that is bigger is anti-vaccine. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, as a pro-vaccine group, it's the only the biggest one. And we actually were invited to the Facebook community group. Facebook community summit in London mm -hmm. was in February, early February. Uh, and they were very impressed with the the work we do, basically. But, uh, you know, it was a good discussion and we learned some things. And I, th I think we all are <laughs> very impressed with the work you do um really congratulations i mean it from the bottom of my heart mm. and it's all in romanian right yeah it is um i i'm not sure i can expand it to other countries very easily we don't know enough spanish or you know, latvian to moderate it properly <laughs> so um it's it's hard to expand it would need to be expanded by volunteers in each country and you know maybe feather people around if they're they have a question about the scheme in, in, in Hungary, they can say, I can say, go to the Hungarian group. Yeah. Would you be interested in uh, making a kind of a franchise out of it? So like doing similar things in other countries in their own language and you would would be providing them with the know-how or, or, or all that kind of stuff? I, I can, I yeah, sure. What's, what's the franchise tax? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you're doing it for free, I don't think there is a tax for, uh, tax on it. So, right. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, sadly, sadly. Yeah, yeah I, I I'm I'm cer certainly want to expand. I think it's a workable model for information because you need to go where the where the public is. Yeah, and and what doctors in the country and and I think doctors everywhere are failing to realize is that the face-to-face -face discussion they have with the patient is very short. Mm -hmm. It's not always the one that convinces the patient. It's not the final discussion they will have on the subject. The patient will not go home and say, the doctor said this, I'm going to do it. Yeah, He's going to re research some more and, and find some bullshit. A lot of it, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if, if, this, you know, if his friends are in a group and he's at the age where there's a kid and he, you know, he's targeted by Facebook ads. At one point, you know, Facebook is going to give him, your friends are in this group. Would you like to join? That's how we grew. That is how we grew. When we hit 10,000 10, people, Facebook algorithms said, let's promote this group. I don't know why it has 10,000 people in it, but it must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, it's like a so self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah. So, so it started promoting the group, no, no ads, because you can't promote groups and with, with money, to everyone that was, uh, the friends of everyone who was in the group, basically, is what we got. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the epidemic happened, so that's, we exploded at that point. Uh, I was very happy with that. Mm -hmm. But that, that's the point. If, if you know, people are targeted by these algorithms every day, they need to know there's a place they can find correct information about things. And by the way, I also do some skeptical propaganda in it too. <laughs> I, 
I uh, laugh at homeopathy and tell them to not go to uh, you know, buy essential oils and shit like that. So I, I do that as well as, you know, as a side thing. Mm, but it makes you feel good. <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, uh, when I hit homeopathy with 60,000 people, there's going to be someone who says, oh, it worked for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, it, it gives me the peace of mind or whatever, aligns my chakras, all this kind of bullshit. Yes, but, you know, the information is there. There's 20,000 people who do not mm-hmm. act that do not necessarily comment but they will see there's um there's a video that they can follow and they can see some more information or there's a link or stuff like that so uh, you know slowly very slowly educating on some subject for for that um, amount of growth to be achieved you need to have a very high retention rate yeah how do you achieve that I mean, when people come across something that doesn't support their own beliefs beliefs in, in general, they usually just turn their back to that thing. How do you get people to stay? I think it's because we're very focused. So we don't have uh, mommy talks. We don't, I mean, there's, there's like 59,000 9, women and a few guys in the group, me and some others. Uh, so, <laughs> and they're all mothers, of course, or expecting mothers. Yeah, yeah. And um, we could start a debate on, you know, the debates that mothers dis- debate uh, every day, breastfeeding or or bottle feeding or cesarean or natural birth that, you know, never ends mm-hmm. on, on mommy groups on Facebook. Yeah. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. We ex- specifically say do not discuss this in this group. There's a lot of groups to discuss that. Go there to discuss that specific subject. So we are very focused on one thing. And while it gets boring to see the same questions over and over, people also like the fact that they can help out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the questions are simply, we're going to to do this vaccine. Have you done it? And how was it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where we don't reply as admins. We don't say anything unless... The admins, their parents say, uh, yeah, I, I've done this to my kid and it's fine. And uh, the, the people in the group can say, yeah, no reactions or we had a little fever or we had that and we had that. And those threads are, I can say, weekly, at least, you know, for every vaccine that is coming for a, for a certain parent. They don't normally search a lot in the group to see the same questions. So they want that, re- the, the parent who's posting want, wants the reassurance that it's okay and other group members are happy to provide that mm-hmm. mm. yeah it's it's an interesting how little sometimes it takes just to say yeah that's that's normal it happens and then the person goes okay yeah and the, there's also the the pictures of, of of reaction like a local redness or inflammation or hardness and mm-hmm. they say oh this is coming what, what's this is this normal and there's a, a hundred comments saying yeah it's fine don't worry about it don't do anything or things like that so that is the part that is you know a bit of of a community feel and you know the fact that the, the only debates are basically around someone who's saying anti-vax talking points and people enjoy watching the admins t- tear that, that that person down <laughs> those are the only you know strong debates basically and i i, I, I also try to find articles, information about new discoveries in the vaccine field so if there's a candidate uh, for, I don't know, herpes vaccine, I will find a link and put it there. If there's a story about a new Im- immunotherapy, so that's a cancer vaccine, 
they will find a story and put it there. And they have this, you know, they have new information, they have discussions, they can remember how their uh, relative died from a disease that will soon be treated with a vaccine. So it creates this um, constant flow of information, which I think is good for growing the group and growing some engagement. And at one point, I hope we'll have uh, in-person meetings, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah, but with 60,000 people, that's a small city. I mean, I'm not going to meet everyone, but yeah, I, can, I, you know, I, I, can, <laughs> I can ask doctors to to start a, a, you know, rent a room somewhere and ask 20 yeah. people to come over and discuss. That's that's enough. Mm, you can organize hell of a conference. <laughs> yeah, true. One last question before before we go. Have you got any threat since you started this group, specifically because of it? Yes, uh, very. <laughs> well, it's mostly just not threats. And, well, there have been threats as well. Uh, it's mostly just uh, curses. That you can live with, right? After all, you're a president of the Romanian Rationalist Society. You uh, curses you can live with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but it, I mean, I'm being called in various ways, and oh, yeah. um, it's fine. I, I'm very, very untouched by it, basically. And people are, you know, trying to get me going, but I, I can deal with that. Okay. Uh, there's been some guys who said, "Oh, well, you know." break your legs on a corner me, me they haven't met me in person so they can see my size <laughs> okay so, yeah. yeah for those who don't know what ovidio is talking about how, how tall are you are you over two meters yes i'm over two meters yeah okay how much over uh like three centimeters four centimeters like that okay so dear listeners he's a huge man he's 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 Very really tall. tall he's really mm. tall you will feel like a dwarf next to him yeah yeah so so i get some i get some comments and you know ugly comments and some some harassments but um you know beyond reporting there's, there's not much that i can do and it's not nothing they can use against me yeah, yeah actually beyond the fact that i'm not a doctor and i've i've never said i am it's not a big issue yeah so there's various you know ugly words and all that and i you know they call me whatever and I call them child killers. So I guess. <laughs> yeah. Nice. In an exchange of calling mm. names, calling each other names. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And I've met some, I've had some debates with some, and, uh, you know, there's not much to debate with. Mm -hmm. uh, I was on a debate with, with an anti vaxxer, and basically myself and a doctor had to explain why we vaccinate to him. Mm -hmm. You'd think he would be informed about it, but he wasn't. So we, instead of debating the law, which was the actual purpose of the discussion, we debated why Romania does a certain vaccine, the BCG vaccine, uh, that is done for, for meningitis caused by tuberculosis. Yeah. It's a complication, and Romania has a lot of tuberculosis cases, so it's a risk. Okay. And then we had to explain that to him. Which is a stupid thing to do when you're supposed to be debating the law, but he derailed the entire discussion. <laughs> and and recently I asked someone to to have a debate with me on the radio, and they declined. Um, though they do make videos on the internet saying that you know vaccination is, I mean discussion discussion about vaccination is censored in Romania. So I said, listen. You are invited to a radio debate with me. Promote your thing. I mean, say your stuff. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Let's not do that now. Uh -huh. So 
I mean, I don't know. I'm trying. I the only thing I can do, but they've refused to even that is ask them to be on my podcast and do something like Michael Marshall does on the Be Reasonable podcast, um, and just to, you know ask them questions and have them explain. Uh, but they're not even doing that. Okay. With me, <laughs> maybe because I call them child killers. To be fair, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, I I, I would. I would do a reasonable interview, let's say, and then try to have them explain their views as much as possible, basically. Really nice. Because I know there'll be something, there'll, there'll be some inconsistency somewhere, and uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would point that out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm really impressed, and I do hope you'll have all the energy, time, and everything that it requires to to keep doing this very important thing that you do uh with that uh, vaccination group and yeah good luck with that wow hope hope Thank there you. there will be lots of followers internationally of that uh if people want to if people want to do the franchise i'm happy to help out good really good okay well, I'm afraid this has been all we had time for this week. But Ovidio, thanks very much for coming back on the show. Sure. And uh, hope to see you soon somewhere. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. All right. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, Ovidio is doing an amazing job with his oh, wow. um, web, fa- fa- Facebook group uh, and uh, trying to um, do his bit in spreading good information about vaccination. And I think that could be uh, an example to uh, other people in other European countries, what can be done, what what practically can help. Yeah. So th- this is where I see us coming into the picture. This is where I feel like we have a job to do. We have to make that known to everyone. That there is this guy in Romania when no one has the idea of... of uh, no one has a clue of what he's doing because he's doing it in Romanian. But he does reach 60,000 people with this and probably even more than that. And that's a hell of a lot of work and it's massively influencing society. So that's the way to go, people. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the fact that it's all in Romanian, he's got an expertise and you heard him. He speaks quite good English. He can yeah, share. Yeah, yeah. He can share with whoever would like to get more information really probably invite him for talks mm, indeed yeah mm-hmm. and uh, we had a, an idea or two about where Ovidu can talk next which we will not discuss here <laughs> because we don't <laughs> no, want to push we, we don't want to push anyone no but uh, yeah I, mm. I think we heard him him talk at um, the European Skeptics Congress and it was an yeah. amazing talk I think excellent talk it was mm. one of the most uplifting and motivating talks because i felt like okay i want to do something about this <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get up and run and do things <laughs> exactly exactly got really and motivated and inspired that's there, that's the whole point yeah yeah exactly and there were a couple of talks like that at the european skeptics congress but uh yeah i, I think it's important because it's a very hot issue right now uh vaccination and not in a good way yeah exactly yes yeah no definitely not in a good way yeah yeah (laughs) all right um but we would love to know if there are other countries where people uh make similar efforts into educating people please Mm -hmm. let us know please get in touch because we want to report on it and 
uh, we would even be interested in having you for an interview if you are or you you play uh, the equivalent role to that of Ovidius. Well, yeah, it doesn't have to be on that same scale, but something similar, the efforts that you do yeah, make exactly. in your own country. And if you do want to get in touch, our email address is info at theesp.eu. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and message us there directly. We always answer. And follow us on Twitter um, and also quote us there and uh, get our attention. Uh, Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore eu. Um, and also... If you get our podcast on uh, iTunes, uh, don't forget to leave us a, a review. It helps our ratings and spread the word. Please do that. Oh, forgot to mention our website, of course. Our website is theesp.eu, where you can also get in touch with us uh, via a contact form. Where uh, you will also have a couple of buttons. Um, you can uh, donate um, to... Um, the, the show, if you want to support our work, um, there are expenses, of course, um, associated with this uh, kind of activity. Uh, or you can do a recurring one, recurring donation on Patreon. So please consider supporting us through that as well. Thank you very much. And thanks uh, very much, Yelama, for joining me today yeah thanks a lot that was a lot of fun yeah it was and thanks to our listeners for tuning in and until next week where i'm really hoping to have pontus back on the show goodbye um me too all right goodbye This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can be